how much of this is actually him being an excellent putter versus a mathematician and an engineer on the golf course. There's no rules. Shoot a lower score. There's one rule. Welcome back to the Champions Playbook, season three, episode three. That's good. I'm gonna have to stop that at some point. At some point, I'm just gonna get it wrong. I'm gonna be like episode thirty. Two of this one of season three. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be tough. We'll see how long we can keep track of it. Yeah, we'll see how long we can keep track of it. But uh, season three, episode three, and um, some big news coming out of our camp here at the Champions Playbook. Um, we got sponsored by Strixon this past off season, yep. which has been awesome. That's something that we've been doing. Uh, we've been trying to get in the works ever since our big, big episode on the back porch of Franklin Bridge. Uh, where we gave away lessons to everybody who came yep. with the Srixon golf bag and everything like that. That's when we really kind of were like, oh, shoot, like we should try and take this to the next level with somebody that we care about. And uh, with you being a, a Srixon partner mm-hmm. and um, it, we just thought it would be the best fit. We pitched it to them and they were like, yeah, I mean, let's let's try and do this. So yep. um, we love Srixon product. We don't say that just because we're sponsored by them. I recently got a, a, a complete tour fitting uh, for irons and wedges and it was probably one of the better experiences that I've had. It was outside. We just yep. did season one, episode uh, one was on club fitting, specifically with Strixon. So go season back and three, listen to that. One, you season know. three, episode one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, we love Strixon, and we kind of wanted to take the first five minutes to talk about, you know, why we love Strixon, and specifically some of the players that you will see um, on tour using Strixon uh, equipment. Yeah. It's, so your your big ones on contract that everybody's aware of there's some smaller guys out there but i, I want to focus on called the big three <laughs> uh you've got uh shane lowry hideki matsuyama and now brooks kepka most recently um and one of the things that i was a massive fan of for a, a long time was um being non-branded as a golf professional um, I fought that a lot for myself. I've been on staff with Titleist. I've been on staff with um, Callaway. Um, both good companies. You know, I'm not going to talk. There's not anything bad about them as companies. Um, and then the switch to Cleveland Strikes on Zexi. I was following them for a number of years. Kind of thought they were behind. But then as you kind of watch their product, you see who's carrying them. Cameron um, Champ uses Strix Cameron on too. Champ. Nice. Um, but yeah, you're... Your, uh, Keegan Bradley, JB Holmes, those are a few other ones. Yep. So they've got their list of players there. Um, but uh, KJ Choi. Yeah. See who else? Hang on. We're gonna look at this. We're gonna look uh, at this for a second. Uh, yeah, we got you. Kind of your Sep Straka. He's actually played some rounds quite well uh, in the last year. Um, Ernie Els. Ernie Els is on. One. Yep. Uh, Ernie Els, who else is on there? Joe Durant, Miguel Angel Jimenez with the crazy knee warm up thing. Love that, and we got a lot of tour, uh, corn, a lot of corn fairy guys. Yeah, it's gonna be great for the brand long term too. Yep. yep, that's gonna be awesome. Um, but uh, their major championships between the three guys, I believe, is four major championships. And uh, you have Hideki's got a Masters. You've yep. got Shane Lowry's got. Um, British Open. British Open, then Kepka has four major championships. Kepka has four, and I, I'm curious because, you know, he's been unbranded for a while, and he's been trying out Strixon product for a while. There are several other guys that was I he, know for a fact have, are currently 
testing their product. And but what about uh, do you think Kepka was ever using Strix on irons for any of his majors, or is, was he probably playing Titleist back then? I don't know. Um, it's gonna be interesting the guys change equipment. They're always trying to find what makes them better, especially these unbranded guys. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd have they'd have a Titleist this, a Taylor made that, a Strix on Cleveland that, a. Vokey putter or Vokey putter, Vokey wedge wedges, and Taylor made putter, whatever, you know, be, yeah, some yeah. other company putter, you know, Seymour, whatever. Like, right, right. You've got a bunch of different makeups because they're trying to shoot the lowest score, which I thought was super cool, um, which in many ways is a good thing for all of us is when players go unbranded and they're not promoting a company's product, companies have to go what do we have to do to get them on staff? And it's not just dollars because these guys have gotten smart about it. Like, do I want to win or do I just want somebody to cut me a big fat check? And with the dawn of social media, you can make money in so many more different ways where you don't have to be branded in order to support yourself. Correct. Um, so guys have gotten much more creative in going, hey, I need to do this. So to have a guy that's been unbranded for so long and was all about being unbranded, for him to come on staff, and I can tell you he's not getting a big enough check. He's getting way bigger check from the PIP money uh, mm. player incentive program than he's yeah. ever going to get from Shrixon. Um, so to, for him to come on board and brand like that is a is a pretty significant move. Man, four time major champion to go. Like I want to play Shrixon. Yeah, and it was uh, it was so much fun getting fitted, getting that tour fitting with my coach obviously with scott there and with gareth our uh our fitter and our guy our rep that comes out here and gives fittings here at franklin bridge man it was just so cool being like man these are the exact same clubs that that brooks kepka is playing this is the exact same set that like shane lowry has he, they were mentioned that shane lowry uses that combo set similar to the one that i have right now and it's just so cool and uh got to got to swing hideki's blades that he plays. Dude, those are so and hard. Scott, Scott swung them too. <laughs> and it was just like unreal how crazy. It was like hitting the, the Ricky Fowler blades. That just tells I mean, you how they're good crazy. they are. Yeah. They're like there's a whole nother level of like, wait, yep. what? I thought my swing was good. And like <laughs> it took me several swings just to get a good one, not a great one. What was funny is like as soon as I saw that blade, I was like, I was kind of like selfishly, I was a little disappointed because I was like, oh man, like. I'm not I'm not swinging the best of the best and then I swung that blade and I was like <laughs> first of all it's not the best of the best with the technology that's going on right now granted mm -hmm. that blade is perfect for the player Hideki. that Hideki right, is right, right. that is his and it's an amazing club for that but everybody I was talking with Gareth and everybody else on tour is using the same irons that I'm getting the ZX5s and the ZX7s yeah so it was just cool to be like man I'm swinging in like tour clubs and I'm getting a tour fit and like it's all happening because of the brand that Cirxon is and Correct. because they're willing to come out to Franklin Bridge yeah. and make it happen for the people who are, are playing here. You got a much better test of your specific game. And that was really neat to see um, and how the, all that plays out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that, yes, guys brand with companies, are they getting paychecks? Absolutely, they're getting paychecks from those companies. So that it's not that they're not getting paychecks. But to go from unbranded to branded, like the purpose of being unbranded is I'm going to I'm gonna decide what the best product is for me. Right. I'm not going to be sold a bill of goods just to be better. Right, right. Like, 
And yeah, he struggled a little bit recently, but that's not because of the equipment. That's because of him. him. Admittedly, <laughs> like he's talked about that. Like, right. if I had to make those improvements in in his game, and even on the um, even on the the match between the top DeChambeau and and Kepka, he like he plugged it. He plugged Strix on, yeah. and he was like, "Man, I've been you know testing this driver for he a beat long the time out now." Bryce, man, he he crushed him too. Right. It wasn't even close. So that yeah. was really cool. But uh, which kind of brings us into talking about an actual match what we're actually wanting to brand this podcast as is um the new rules now with under with a pga tour Mm -hmm. is uh with specifically with yardage books and i'm gonna let i'm scott i'm gonna let you take the reins on what has happened and why that's significant right so i actually think this ties in beautifully to our previous one about the rangefinder ruining the game of golf right um is those greens books um those greens books, when you look at them, are there to aid in figuring out some of the subtleties in the greens. Um, and they can be really helpful when it comes to carrying the ball certain yardages when you're trying to make sure you get over this slope so you can get down into this spot over here. So there's some value beyond just the green reading component to having those, although there have always been kind of a general slope lines drawn on there. Um, so the tour's taken away that you can use the greens books. Have they always had hot, hot and colds or has that been away no, for a long that's time? Still, that's gone for a long time, right? They've had the, the hot and cold areas are still like the heat maps are still there. They are not currently. That's what they were recently. The last however many years they've had that. So they were hot and cold. Yes. And now plus, they're just plus lines, plus certain degrees, right, plus right, right, all right. of the specifics. And now they're just an outline of the green. No, it's just an outline of the green. There may be some general slope markings, like here's where the tier is and here's how far it is. That's because that's what it was before. Sure, 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 yeah. But everybody has the same thing, and it's more general information, not specific markings. Um whether it speeds up play or not, that's one of the things they talked about, like taking that away, speeds up play. Eh, if a guy's able, if he's struggling on something, he's able to look at it and go, yeah, I'm not reading that correct. Yeah, Bones, you're right. I'm not. Like, it's right there. Um, it has, I think as much as it speeds, slows up down in play, it probably speeds it up in other areas. So that I, that I think is a wash. What I do think it does is it helps us separate who's the best putter. It's not just about who can make the best stroke, but who can assess and sense and feel. Because it's not just picking the right line. It's being able to execute on the correct speed. And that was still there beforehand. But you're really going to start to separate out. You're going to have guys who are great green readers. I think it's going to put a premium on tour players to find, you know, maybe they're trying to think about changing caddies. Can I find a caddy that's better at reading greens than my other caddy? So it's going to be more strategic in how you set up and figure out how to play so it's interesting too watching um you know i i don't think a lot of people or maybe i'm just speaking from inexperience here i don't know how many people actually think this but um the amount of time that a tour player puts in in the practice rounds in order to make their books the way that they are so that they're executing as best as possible um I'm watching some of these tour guys on YouTube if they're playing with like a, a YouTube golfer or something like that. And I mean, pretty straightforward putts and they're yeah. missing them. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, what's what's wrong here? Because Bryson, and I'm watching in this video, is missing putts that I know he makes on tour. It's exactly what we're just talked about. It's like, how much of this is actually him being an excellent putter 
versus a mathematician and an engineer on the golf course and just being able to know because you know bryson's got we'll be like okay if it's a three percent slope here i need to take the putter back four inches and like yada 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 it's like why can't you just do what we all do on the greens and see it and hit the ball yeah i i think um I think it's going to allow the artist to show up a little bit exactly, more. Exactly, exactly. Um, and be a total game thing. So um, as we look at it, kind of tying into the last podcast, when you don't get to use that anymore, you then have to sense more things and think more critically and be more aware and problem solve. And, like, you can't blame it on the book anymore. Like... You have to then be critical about what you're seeing. What am I sensing? What am I feeling? And these guys weren't like – it's not like the tour players were using their their green book as a crutch. But, like, let's take that away and let it be more authentic. And I thought it was interesting. I was actually watching a documentary on uh, figure skating recently about <coughs> um, – and in curling, two separate sports. But in figure skating – they didn't allow the backflip in Olympic competition. They said it's from a safety standpoint, but it's also from a, like, just because you can do one big thing, like figure skating isn't just about doing the spins and the jumps and the stuff. It's about can you fit the art to the music? Like, it's also got a, yes, but that's like figure that. skating, right? It's got a poetic yeah, yeah, component. Yeah. So they took that piece away. Now there's also these open competitions that aren't Olympic, so you can do whatever you want. Um but in that setting, it's like, no, we're going to kind of keep it controlled, authentic to the game, which throwback to when I talked about going against the USGA and taking away, hitting it far. There's a part of me that's, as I'm watching these other things, and in curling, basically, they figured out in curling, you just become these guys that just throw the rock really hard and just knock all these rocks out. Well, curling federation had to come in. It's like, well, then it, that's the only way people played anymore, and it basically ruined curling. And so they came in and they made, I don't know how the rules changed because I'm not knowledgeable enough on curling, but basically through that, they, the guy shaped, reshaped the way the game was played and then they kind of walked it back a little bit, but it, they still kept some of that component of what they learned there. So You're trying to keep the authenticity of the game, but like at the same time, I think this is the, the perfect thing to happen for the PGA Tour right now because... I think this is is the like the for example hitting it far and all the the club improvements that we've made over the past ten years. Yep, that's them taking that massive leap forward, and I think this might be an excellent part of them. This is a reeling first it step, in, kind of trying to reel it, reeling in. it back in. I think that's great, and it also takes a little bit of pressure away, at least it should, from the USGA standpoint of just being like, okay, like we're not worried about them hitting it far because once they get on the green, they're going to have to be artistic anyway. Right. So it's like, it's kind of interesting to be, to say like, okay, we can't tiger proof these golf courses anymore, but we can, we can give a little bit more authenticity to the game. Once you get on the green, which, you know, is the end goal getting it in the cup. So, well, and I, I think one of the things for me is looking at it, like, could the USGA eventually restrict the driver or restrict the ball technology a little bit, at least for the tour to walk it back And it at least made me consider the fact that if you look at other sports and what's happened in those and how they walked it back without, like, losing the game entirely, like, we don't know how it would change the game. Like, if you did restrict it, 
like we have theories like I have theories in my head that I've voiced on the podcast before but it's at least made me think it maybe a little more critically that you know what that could be a possibility especially with how strong guys are getting and we've already made massive leaps in technology like even if you restrict how long a driver's allowed to be like I can still hit a 44 and a half inch driver over 300 yards especially with right? the some of the the new stuff that like Taylor made has come out with with that carbon face um and just being like they 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 claim that it increases ball speed, so it's gonna be interesting to see if other club manufacturers pick up on that. Personally, what I've seen, especially with the other you know other reviews of that driver, I think it's too early to start doing stuff like that. Yep. Um, yep. There's been already people saying it breaks and that that carbon's not strong enough yet and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's just another reason that you know club technology is getting further and further along yeah. so you know i think it's i think it's definitely i don't think i've necessarily changed my opinion but i'm open to being wrong on the them restricting the length that a driver's allowed to be made you know when um baseball did this a while ago and they just they started doing it in the college game a little bit ago too but they actually they took the seams of the ball and they lowered the seams so that there's less grab. And why they did that is because pitchers were able to grip the ball in such a way where they could flick that that seam and get more spin on a curveball. And so a curveball that That's has higher cool. seams That's so cool. will, will break exponentially more because that pitcher is able to get more spin rate on it. So now that they, they shrunk the seams down on the ball and they're more flush with the leather, a pitcher really has to focus on his grip strength and being able to spin that ball as efficiently as he can. But here's another thing that I'd want to know your so opinion that would, on. So that would allow, theoretically, the guy that... Is hitting the ball. He doesn't have that... Uh, From a pitching standpoint, that would that would help separate the pitchers who can really curve it. Correct, yes. Like, yes. the bigger seams kind of yeah, let some guys, guys in. really flick that ball, <laughs> yeah. But the other thing that... Um, That's cool that that brought in and this is where I kind of want to take this is what um what are the workarounds that guys are going to do because in baseball now this year and in a few years prior there's been a lot of players who have complained that you know there's pitchers using sticky substances right like spider tack or pine tar or even just rosin mixed with sweat to be able to stick their fingers to the ball more to get that spin so my question would be what do you think golfers are going to start doing to kind of work around this limited greens book that we're going to be working with i don't even know like and we i don't think we we might not know i was just curious if you had anything um, that you, they might be doing i'm sure there's some sort of coding that they can make in a in a book that only they know that just looks like a normal words or right, whatever like a cipher yeah yeah um or certain parts of certain greens where pins are likely to be they may be they may actually kind of memorize that spot like there's there's probably ways to do it um so i don't know like that'll be interesting to see um shoot we had pj tour record shoot 3500 par so <laughs> no greens book for that tournament yeah it does fine but that was because largely because the wind wasn't there right, and it's a short right. golf course so Anyway. It's going to be interesting, man, and it's uh, I what I'm most excited about for season three is, number one, we love making y'all's games better with these podcast topics, but 
Also, I really love this podcast because we get to talk about the tour and the trends that are on the tour and what we see, and uh, especially with our data collection as well. So this season's going to be one to watch, and uh, first big tournament of the year this next week, the, uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Here we go. So here we go. Wampo. Wampo. Well, so. we're going to wrap it up here. We just want to thank our sponsor again, Strixon, for being a part of the podcast. Uh, really appreciate them and can't wait to get those clubs in my hand. So um, you can follow Scott on Instagram at Golf. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, the underscore Jaybeard. Uh, stay tuned on Scott's Instagram. Follow him so that you know when we're here in the pub. Um, last season, it was every single Wednesday. This season, we're going to experiment with two Wednesdays a week, potentially. Two, two Wednesdays a month. <laughs> two Wednesdays a month. Woo, that'd be a lot. Two Wednesdays a week. Uh, two Wednesdays a month, potentially, maybe three. We'll see what happens, but uh, just bear with us through these first couple weeks as we go through some growing pains and letting the, uh, letting the weather kind of warm up a bit. But we can't wait for this season. Uh, can't wait to see what we talk about and uh, what you guys really enjoy. So if you have any feedback, make sure you comment on Scott's Instagram, Golf. But uh, from Scott and Jack inside the Persimmon Pub here at Franklin Bridge, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Only do they lose the self-confidence component of learning how to accomplish something themselves. That's the mental side of it. They also lose the critical thinking components to solve problems on their own. And they're in a prime state to learn. So they're in a prime state to think critically. If you take that away from them when they're older, like the number of strategic options that kids come up with in PJ Junior League, and I know Justin's seen and heard some of the kids, you're like, that's actually a pretty complex thought that you just went through, and you've only been playing golf for three months. Like they go through that because they're problem solvers. And what, what we do, and I was telling Brooks this the other day, and he finished the sentence for me. He's like, we take that away from them. We actually strip them of their problem-solving capabilities because they discover to learn we teach to survive, and we make them like us. They teach to learn, or they learn to learn. We learn to survive as adults. And part of becoming an adult is learning to get away from that and learn how they learn. So two things to finish off this podcast, which I think are two hot button topics here, is uh, number one, we did we touch on what to do outside of 180? Because that's a tough. Yeah. That's a tough so one. once you're outside of that, now you've got to consider where does where do I need to place this shot to make my next shot favorable? But for example, if we're at like for example for me, if we're at 204, how and I'm and I'm going for the green, I'm going for flag here. Mm -hmm. How do I know not to hit a four iron instead of a five iron well i can't answer that because i'm not in the setting right correct correct and but so but you're going to be forced to consider long short left right wind club height of the ball how long it's in the air how well have i been hitting it what's my lie like you're you're forcing yourself into like ooh, what can i hit here like i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna go for it well you know what after going through all of that i'm not gonna go for it i'm gonna go over here and then go on so here's what we need to do um you and I are going to go out, and we're going to play 18 holes. And I'm going to play from the amateur perspective with no rangefinder. And you're going to play from the professional side with no rangefinder. And then we're going to do a part two on this and show what we found. Okay. It's fine. Bam. I think we should play one with no rangefinder and one with a rangefinder. Okay. Yeah. Better yet, we should go play a golf course neither of us have played. I'm in for that. Yes, we'll do that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to make sure we touched on. Maybe we'll on, bring Daniel with us and and we'll do uh, it from three ben. perspectives: a junior golfer, an amateur golfer, and a pro golfer. We'll yeah. do that. 
Um, uh, the next question or the last thing that I really wanted to touch on was this one comment on your Instagram saying, I might agree with you if the bridge hadn't done away with marking whether the flag was in the front or the back or the middle. You have every piece of technology at your hand. Like, they want to blame it on, well, they haven't put it. I was like, think critically about it for a second. What does it look like it is? There's but also there's times where I've been like, dude, that's right. definitely in the there's back. There's also a reason. You know how much maintenance it. work it is to switch flags out and change flags out and move those around? Like, yeah, yeah, everybody has yeah. rangefinder devices everywhere. Well, I don't have one. It's like, download an app. Literally, you can download an app. You stand where you are. It doesn't cost you a penny. And you can estimate, okay, if the flag's here, it would be this many yards. If the flag's there, that would be that many yards. Guess what? All you need to know is how far it is in the middle of the green. vast majority of people that are complaining about stuff like that need to just hit the ball in the middle of the green. Which Roughly the speaking. Question, how do we know where it's the middle of the green? Well, they have, like, you have a 150-yard post at true, least. True, So true. this is the other one. It's like, well, we've taken away the 100 and the 200-yard markers. You mean to tell me you can't stand there and tell me approximately how far it is? And if you can't, then that's a component of your brain that you have completely shut off. Mm. And it needs to be turned on. I like it. And you wonder why you can't chip and putt very well. You have no depth perception whatsoever. <laughs> you need to learn that. Makes sense. But I, I understand the frustration, but use that part of your brain. Critically think. Don't outsource it to somebody else. And what uh, – this is the very last thing. What would uh, – because I can, I can probably guarantee you that people are going to listen to this and be like, man, that's a good point. Still going to use it, though. What is like a, a, a hybrid way that somebody can start implementing this? Try to figure out approximately what it would be beforehand and then use that as the final checkpoint. Don't use it as the first thing. Ah, so just use plan it out as what you support. would do and then right. check it afterwards. Use it as a cheat sheet after, not beforehand. Like, love it. Do the work, then check your answer. Love it, love it. Well, awesome topic here uh, inside the Persimmon Pub here at Franklin Bridge. We're going to try and move outside as soon as we can, as soon as weather complies. That way we can get the speaker out and we can really blast it out to everybody who's sitting on the back porch. So come by. We're going to get those drink specials rolling again. We're going to have the food specials rolling again. And uh, we're just going to have a blast for this 2022 golf season. Um, we're going to actually move it to twice a month every other week mm -hmm. instead of uh, every single week. Uh, we're going to try that out and test it out. So bear with us through these first couple months of season three. Uh, we'll eventually roll into a rhythm here by the time hot season rolls around, and we'll make sure that we include you on everything that's going on uh, from the Persimmon Pub. So um, from Scott, you can follow on Instagram at shassigolf. You can follow me on Instagram uh, at the underscore jbeard. I need to start posting a little bit more. But uh, also we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Srixon, for being – <laughs> gotta get used to we gotta that. thank our sponsor Strixon for sponsoring this podcast we really appreciate them and all they do for us and our games um, and it's gonna be a pleasure having them on for season 3 of the Champions Playbook as well so uh, from Scott and Jack inside the Persimmon Pub here at Franklin Bridge we'll see you on the next one peace